Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's go through your Super Saturday for round seven. Um, if you also want to have a listen to a little bit of a deep dive, I've chucked a little bit of a deep dive in the Friday preview about the leg and ankle injuries from last year compared to this year. I'm also going to do a separate podcast um, on that too that's going to come out later in the week, maybe even tomorrow. So make sure you have a listen into that one because it's very, very interesting. Uh, and I think the stats are pretty much going to blow you away um, from last year compared to this year where we're currently sitting for leg and ankle injuries um, in the NRL currently. And I, and they actually might be more. So I think I might have miscounted a little bit, um, but it is very, very close and it will blow you away. So maybe have a listen into that one because it is very interesting. It's also quite concerning, especially when we're going into all of these, you know, the new hip drop tackle rules and you know, um, some of the penalties that have been given for late tackles and stuff like that, the speed of the game that has increased over the past few years. Um, and, you know, we, we, we're putting all of this effort into changing the rules, you know, trying to eliminate hip drop tackles, dangerous contact, all of those things. Yet the game, the, ga- the speed of the game, sorry, is continually increasing. And that's actually what's causing all of these things. So, um, yeah, a very interesting little deep dive there. If you want to go have a listen to that one, uh, I was very shocked to find that out, you know, just unconsciously having a look through all of the leg and ankle injuries so far because there was quite a few of them and to see that stat how it's pretty much nearly even uh it will blow you away so make sure you definitely have a listen into that one there's also a post that's going to come out either today or tomorrow so make sure you have a little look into that one and it'll really get you thinking about obviously what we're doing currently in the game to you know Get rid of all of these, you know, late contact, uh, high contact, dangerous contact, um, you know, hip drop tackles, all of those new rules that we're implementing. And yet we're still getting equal, if not more, at a higher rate um, of leg and ankle injuries and particularly high injury, head contact injuries such as concussions and the jaw injuries. We've had three broken jaws to start the year as well, which is just insane. So, yeah, a very interesting deep dive there and a very interesting discussion that not many people are having at the moment about all of these injuries as well. So make sure you have a little listen to that. Uh, But let's get into our Super Saturday. The first game was the Warriors v. the Cowboys. And fuck me, this game blew me away. How good was this game for the New Zealand Warriors? And I'm pretty concerned for the North Queensland Cowboys, not going to lie, compared to where they were last year. I mean... There are some angry fans saying that last year was a fluke season. I don't believe that for one second with the side that they've got on paper. Scott Drinkwater, Chad Townsend, who's a premiership winning halfback. Tom Dearden as well, who absolutely came from nowhere. You know, Reese Robson, who we're talking about as an origin grade number nine, uh, especially last year. He definitely wasn't to start the season this year. For me, he definitely was. Um, you know, the side they've got on paper as well, including Jason Taumalolo, you know, Jeremiah Nanai, you know, they've been unlucky with injuries to start the year and suspensions, but, you know, the side they've got on paper, they should definitely not be where they are currently, which is about 15th, 14th, I think last time I checked. But they should definitely be much higher than that. Much higher than that. It's just crazy how even the comp is right now. Super, super crazy how even the comp is right now. 
But look, they're versed for the second time this year already. It's only round seven, so it's sort of weird how uh, the scheduling has gone for this game. It was a pretty average performance from the North Queensland Cowboys for me. You know, the set plays, uh, they weren't really clicking and errors were sort of creeping in. Um, you know, the Warriors... It made three wins in their past three games now in New Zealand this year. Uh, it's a 22 to 14 win over the Cowboys. Um, you know, it was quite close. And, you know, the Cowboys, they are improving compared to where they were in the previous week, especially. Uh, but look, there's just some little things, and you can't really pinpoint the exact answer. But it's very uh, sort of, you know, down the, the track of, you know, the set plays at the moment, they aren't really clicking. Um, you know, spine plays, I mean, Scott Drinkwater, as soon as he's come back into the side, they're not clicking the same as they were at the start of the year or even into last year, you know, where they were clicking so well. They knew where each other were going to be, especially in round one, two. Uh, They were fantastic, clicking really well. They knew where each other were going to be. It was a very in-sync spine. Obviously, then you go into this year, um, or sorry, currently now, um, and it's not very... It's not much of the same, you know, even when they're going out to their edges, you know, set plays, simple set plays aren't working. Uh, They're not executing a few errors in their game as well. I mean, the Warriors, they did make six errors in the first half um, and were forced to make 177 tackles compared to 115 uh, by the Cowboys. But, you know, especially for the Warriors in that second half, I mean, they were incredible. Sean Johnson was playing really good footy. Dylan Walker, his defense, and obviously scoring that try, insane. Got clock start. I really do feel like he's not getting the talk and the praise that he should be right now because some of the defensive plays that he's come up with over the past few weeks have really saved the Warriors. And, you know, in the games that they have won, he's come up with some massive defensive plays against teams that look like they're about to score. And obviously, whether it's going back for a kick or making a crucial tackle, he's always been there for the big moments. Um, so really, really impressive start to the year for Chance to go clock start. And look, you know, when he was at the Raiders, we weren't really crediting him for his defense. Um, you know, we were sort of looking at Chance to go clock start more as an attacker sort of weapon, you know, coming over to the Warriors, he's really worked on his defense and he has been really, really crucial in that department for the Warriors. And again, a big reason why they are winning games, defense wins games and his defense over the past few weeks has been sensational. Now, in terms of the Cowboys as well, if you have to praise one guy, Ruben Cotter, he came in in the, in the 25th minute of the game and he pretty much had an immediate impact. He ran for eight runs and 74 meters and a try. That was the first half. That was the first half. He finished the game with 148 run meters. And, you know, Ruben Cotter, he does a lot of work for this Cowboys outfit. It goes super unappreciated, especially in a game like this where the Cowboys didn't look too good. You know, you've got to look at guys like Ruben Cotter who are putting in massive efforts here and 148 meters in this game, 74 of those in the first half with a try. I mean, a really solid knock there from Ruben Cotter. Um, you know, Jazz DeVega and Josh Curran as well in the back row, racked up 85 t- tackles between them for the Warriors. Super solid defensive effort there. And as, as has been said before, defense wins games and the Warriors defense over the past few weeks has been great. The Warriors also had ta- 40 tackle breaks uh, compared to the Cowboys, 17 during that game. I'll say that again. The Warriors throughout the entire game, 
had 40 tackle breaks. The Cowboys only had 17. That just goes to show how much of a different game these two sides have played and the effort areas for the Warriors compared to the Cowboys um, in this game as well. You know, the Cowboys just aren't clicking right now. And I think they said it on a bloke in the bar, and I've said it as well in this podcast, that you can't really pinpoint the issue. And that's a really scary thing going into the next few weeks for the Cowboys, a really scary thing. Uh, Murray Talagi, in saying that, he marked his return from injury with three line breaks and 188 metres. Uh, from 16 runs, which is a solid knock there from Murray Talagi in a losing side. Uh, Dylan Walker's second half try, it was amazing. A uh, 193 game career, it's his 66th try, so really good strike right there for a guy that hasn't scored a try since, uh, you know, late last year. Uh, a really solid knock there from Dylan Walker. Uh, The Warriors have won four of their past five games in New Zealand. The Cowboys were playing in New Zealand for the first time since round six, 2019, which is crazy. Um, And yeah, a big loss there for the Cowboys, a massive loss, and it's not going to give them any more confidence going into next week either. As we said before, chance of a clock start, a massive defensive effort there. And he also ran for 180 meters in this game with five tackle breaks. And I think a big factor in this game, which no one's really talking about, was the wind. You know, it was very hard to get kicks. You know, Valentine Holmes is a very good striker of the football in terms of goal kicking. Wasn't able to get many kicks over the post, obviously. Uh, The wind was massive. Neither was Sean Johnson, just quietly. I think he got one or two um, out of about four. I think there was four tries that the Warriors had scored in that game. Um, But yeah, look, I mean, it was very hard to get kicks over the black dot there, obviously with the wind and and the kicking games were sort of hindered in this game as well. Um, Obviously due to the wind as well. So it was very hard for the Cowboys in that respect as well in terms of their kicking game, which Chad Townsend is very good at to get in the front foot in that way as well. So look, tough game for the the Cowboys and, and one they'll definitely have to look back on and make a ton of improvements. And, you know, just like the Roosters we talked about in the last preview um, you know getting those set plays sorted it's a, it's a big thing they need to work on and you know finding those combinations again within the spine is a big thing as well um, you know to be against the Warriors and for the Warriors to get 40 tackle busts compared to the Cowboys 17 is a big thing they need to work on going into next week uh, but yeah very tough game for the Cowboys and again you can't pinpoint the exact issue but they've got to work on a ton of things uh, in order to improve over the next few weeks but the Warriors a solid knock there from them at home uh, and they've won all of their games at home this year which is awesome um, the Knights v the Panthers uh, a 39 metre Nathan Cleary field goal snatched a 16-15 golden point win for the Penrith Panthers. Um, And I mean, fuck, you cannot downgrade the Knights' performance here. You cannot talk down the Knights' performance. Uh, It was a 26,000 crowd. There was 26,084 people in the crowd there. And such a tough performance from the home crowd as well for the night. Such a tough performance. It was such a good game. I was not expecting the Panthers to be anywhere close to the Knights in this game. Um, but, you know, the Knights kept them close. And especially when they've got Kalen Ponger out, they've got Jaden Braley out as well. To be that close, to be that close to a team like the Penrith Panthers. Phoenix Crossland at nine as well. I had the fucking Panthers 13 plus. Adam 13 plus in this game. And the Knights came out with an absolute blinder. They deserved to win the game for me as well. They were fantastic in this game, the Newcastle Knights. Absolutely fantastic. Their defense was insane, uh, especially on the edges there. Bradman Best and Dane Gagai. Lucky Fitzgibbon as well with his defense on the edge there. Uh, you know, 
especially against, you know, an Isaac Targo who has been in some pretty decent form over the past two rounds before this one. Um, you know, Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, uh, Sunia Taruva, you know, some really, really talented backline guys, you know, to be toe-to-toe with them in defense is insane. And I was really impressed with the performance in this one from them. And I mean, look, talking about the Penrith Panthers, talking about the Penrith Panthers, right, in this game, they made eight first half errors and completed at just 57% before the break. 57%. That's not Penrith. That is not Penrith. And again, there you've got to just credit the Knights' defense. The Knights' defense, especially on those edges, was one thing that won, or nearly won, I should say, the game. It pretty much won them, I reckon, the, the full 80 minutes. I reckon they won in terms of their style of play, in terms of what they did to this Penrith side, who has been so dominant over the past few weeks, especially Nathan Cleary with some of his plays that he's made. Isaac Targo, Dylan Edwards from last week scored four tries. I mean, with how dominant this side came into this game, the Penrith Panthers, to make them complete at only 57% with six errors, or eight errors, sorry, in the first half. I mean, bravo to the New the Newcastle Knights. Bravo to them. Uh, Nathan Cleary's kickoffs troubled the Knights as well. Dom Young allowed one to bounce in goal over the dead ball line uh, for a goal line dropout. Lachlan Miller fumbled in the second half a restart as well. There were a few times where Penrith could really get into this game, but again, uh, Newcastle backed themselves in defense in some big plays as well. Um, Newcastle's back three of Miller Young and winger Greg Marsu had mixed nights. I mean, they you know they had some errors in their games. They were very dangerous in attack. There were some handling errors, three handling errors each from both of them, but uh, all three of them, I should say. But other than that, I thought they were quite good. And, you know, Lockie Miller, we were sort of talking about that. There's something that is in his game. He's fantastic in attack. He's pretty much everywhere for the Newcastle Knights in attack, but there still are some errors. You know, he's only just come to the sport. You've got to remember as well, he's only just come to rugby league from rugby sevens. In terms of the Penrith Panthers, I thought, I thought Spencer Lini was quite good. He obviously uh, was sent to the sin bin late in the first half for interfering with Tyson Gamble. But, uh, you know, a captain's challenge not only saved the Panthers from going a man down but gave them possession. That was a big moment in the game when Spencer Lenu was about to be sent to the bin um, and then, you know, they did the captain's challenge. I didn't even know you could challenge a bin. I didn't even know you could do that. Can you do that? I'm not even sure. I remember, I think last week someone got sent to the bin and they went to go challenge, but they said that they couldn't challenge that call. And uh, there was a few things around that, but Penrith were managed were managed to challenge uh, the call for Spencer Lane. You should go to the bin. Uh, and they got possession of the football. That was a big moment in the game for me. That was, it left me scratching my head a little bit because I thought that you couldn't challenge a player being sent to the sim bin. I thought that was something you couldn't do, but you know, Penrith, they did get possession in that game and it was a big moment for them. Uh, Dane Gagai was penalised as well for dissent, which again, it gave Penrith another opportunity, but again, Newcastle, defence, there were plenty of moments in that game where Newcastle could have given the game up uh, to the Penrith Panthers, but yeah, the, the defence, they just never backed down. Um, the Panthers were completing at quite a poor rate. I believe even um, Ivan Cleary said it was one of their worst games of the year, no offence to the Newcastle Knights, he even said that, no offence to the Newcastle nights, but it was probably one of our worst games of the year. Um, you know, there were some big moments in that game uh, for Newcastle. They could have given uh, the Penrith Panthers uh, an easy leg up in this game, but yeah, uh, it was a really, really courageous effort from the Newcastle Knights. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, he appeared hard done by when he was penalised for pulling the hair of Luai in the second half. Um, I, I don't think that was a penalty at all. I mean, you know, 
you grow your hair out in rugby league. He was grabbing the back of the jersey, Tyson Frizzell. He wasn't even touching the hair as well. Um, I believe even Adam O'Brien said they should all uh, grow their hair out for the Newcastle Knights if they're going to get penalties uh, for pulling of the hair when they're clearly grabbing the jersey. Uh, yeah, I think that was a clear grab of the jersey there. That was not uh, a hair pull at all. And obviously, I think Luai milked that a little bit. But again, another big moment where, you know, the Penrith Panthers could have taken a hold of this game. They didn't. They had a lot of opportunities, a lot of times when Newcastle gave them the football and they didn't execute. That 50% completion rate... Um, Really, really hurt uh, the Penrith Panthers in this game. Uh, Phoenix Crossland did a good job in place of injured hooker Jaden Braley. Um, I thought he was quite good, especially in defense. You could clearly see that the Panthers were targeting both Phoenix Crossland and Kurt Mann. You know, the Newcastle Knights, they do have that hooker curse where they get a lot of hookers out injured uh, over the past few years, especially particularly after Danny Badiris. There was a lot of injured hookers uh, for the Newcastle Knights in those years. Uh, and even now, obviously, with Jaden Braley, being out for the year with that ACL injury. Uh, but yeah, look, the Panthers, they definitely did target uh, Crossland and Kurt Mann. Uh, Crossland was obviously forced to make 43 tackles. Mann finished the game with a high 47 tackles in a 57-minute stint. That's almost as many tackles as minutes played there um, for Kurt Mann, which is insane. Pretty impressive from him. Uh, both hookers did a really good job there in Crossland and Kurt Mann. I really liked Kurt Mann at nine. I thought that when he was on the field at nine, you know, the Knights, they did look a little bit more dangerous. Obviously, I think that Crossland is more of a conservative sort of nine, whereas Kurt Mann's a bit of more of an X-factor sort of nine there, which is a really nice little combination, especially when your 80-minute hooker is out for the year. It's a really nice combination from both Kurt Mann uh, and Phoenix Crossland there. And look, between them, I think that's nearly that's that's pretty much a hundred tackles between them, which is insane, absolutely insane there um, from both of those guys. But yeah, the Nathan Cleary field goal after full time, obviously in Golden Point, it really did hurt. It did hurt, especially when the Newcastle Knights had worked so hard. They deserved to win that game. You know, they gave New, uh, the Panthers, sorry, a lot of chances, a lot of chances to come back in this game. A lot of chances. They made a few errors, the Newcastle Knights, that, you know, gave uh, and obviously gave away a few penalties that gave Panthers the possession. Um, they did very well to keep a level competition there. It was a very tough and physical game game as well, um, you know, to keep the Panthers level with the Newcastle Knights, all that effort, and then obviously Cleary in the first 40 seconds of Golden Point kicks that 39 uh, made a field goal there, which was just, you know, the Iceman sort of moment there for Nathan Cleary, um, but yeah, look, a very tough game, and I think Newcastle, even though they lost, can take a lot of positives out of that game as well, um, you know, there's a lot of things that went wrong for the Newcastle Knights, particularly at the back end of the game, but you know, to keep level with a team like the Penrith Panthers, I think it's something that the Newcastle Knights can be very, very proud of. And then obviously the final game of Super Saturday was the Titans v. the Broncos. A second half Reese Walsh masterclass inspired the Broncos to come from behind 43-26 win um, against the Titans and retain top spot on the NRL ladder. Now, a lot of Titans fans are upset about this game. A lot of them are upset, particularly after a really big first-half effort. But, I mean, it was a really big first-half effort. Tino was outstanding. Fodawaka ran for 200 metres in this game. Nearly one of my front rowers of the week, if it wasn't for Lindsay Collins and Regan Campbell-Gillard. I mean, he was definitely up there for me. He was sensational and a big, you know, reason why the Titans were so dominant in that first half. You know, I thought Tanner Boyd was quite good. 
Uh, Jaden Campbell out the back at fullback. Very unlucky not to score a try in this game. Uh, would have been nice for my multi, but, you know, he was quite good in this game as well, running for over 170 metres, I think it was, around about. Uh, he was very, very impressive. I mean, the Titans in the first half were super impressive in taking it to a Brisbane Broncos side. who were just coming off a loss to the Raiders as well. You know, the Titans did see hope, and they played quite well. Dave Fafita as well on the edge, 175 metres. Fucking had a blinder out there. You know, the Titans really did look good in that first half. The Broncos just absolutely blitzed it in the second half through Reese Walsh. Uh, but yeah, the Titans, very, very unlucky not to win that game, especially after the first half. This means that the Broncos have beaten each of the other three Queensland teams in the opening seven rounds of the season. Sellout crowd two, 26,563,000... Uh, yeah, 26,563 people. Uh, it's the biggest crowd on a Gold Coast Titans uh, sort of stadium since Jonathan Thurston's farewell match in tw- round 25 of the 2018 season. Jeez, that took a long time to say. Uh, but yeah, look, it was a big, big crowd. Uh, I know Blaze from BKR Sport fame, uh, Titans Frontline fame, was very happy. Um, you know, obviously having a fully packed uh, Titans uh, cheering area as well that I saw in his story. It was awesome to see. Um, you know, very proud moment for some Titans fans who got out there to the game. Um, it looked like a really fun night. But in terms of the game, I mean, we, we talked about um, Jaden Campbell in his first half and his game in this one overall. Uh, he made two try-saving tackles in a five-star performance for me. Five-star performance from Jaden Campbell. Two try-saving tackles. Ran for a stack of meters as well. Again, as I said, off the back of his efforts, off the back of some of the other guys' efforts, Tino, Fodawaka, um, Dave Fafita on the edge there as well. You know, they were very unlucky not to win that game. And I think a key moment was obviously when Tino did get uh, the sin bin in the 62nd minute of the game. It obviously had an impact there on the Titans and obviously their hopes of coming back in this game. Uh, but as, as I said, Fodawaker as well, best player on the field by far in the first half, especially uh, 136 metres for 11 runs while making 17 tackles as well. That was insane from him. Um, you know, representative stars, Payne Haas, 169 metres, Paddy Carrigan, 170 metres for the Broncos. It was a very tight game. It was a tough game as well. Do not let the 43-26 to 26 scoreline fool you because it was a very tough game and the Titans were very competitive. And if you're a Titans fan who's obviously frustrated with that loss, I mean, look at how tough the game was and look at all the positives you can take out of this game as well. I mean, it's a very tough performance for the Titans. And if I was versing the Titans next week, I'd be quite scared. I'd be shitting myself, to be honest, but especially after the performance that they had in this game. Uh, it was a very, very solid one uh, for the goal. Coast Titans. And as I said, a lot of positives for them to take out of this game as well. Super, super solid there from the Titans. But the Broncos second half, Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas, Reese Walsh, you know, Ezra Mam as well, scoring a try. Um, it was a very, very strong back end of the game for the Broncos as well. And a Reese Walsh absolute blitz there. Ball were in blitz there from Reese Walsh in the second half. Uh, won the Broncos the game and they were very lucky to win that game with how the Titans played uh, in the first half and to start the second half as well. Uh, but they were very lucky to lose Tino. And I think once they lost Tino, they were sort of struggling to sort of get on the front foot. Even with performers like Dave Fafita and Fodawaka, it was very hard for them to get on the front foot at the back end of that game. So credit to the Titans, credit to the Broncos for winning that one, but credit to the 
Titans, their defense, uh, their attacking side was really strong in the first half as well. Uh, you know, as I said, a lot of positives in a tough game, a lot of positives and a lot of takeaways uh, that they can take away from that first half as well. A lot, a lot of positives they can take from that game. Uh, but yeah, look, tough performance from the Titans, but a blitz there in the second half and the Broncos wins them the game. Well,